0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com slash connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so what is the next step if you've found Jesus again? And listen, uh, I'm, <coughs> I'm not really <coughs> talking about becoming a Christian again, but I'm thinking sometimes we Christians, we have to find Jesus again. (coughs) I mean, because sometimes what we do is, is we lose him and all the stuff of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like maybe his miracles and maybe even his teachings and maybe even we we get involved in a lot of the stuff and we, we lose sight of Jesus. And so sometimes we have to Find him again well when, once we find him we talked about you know how how, how he loves us I mean that, that was that was a big deal that is, was the first sermon in this series how he loves us and how how I need him I need him in my life you know and, and then last week all the questions that we we went through man just a ton of questions and and last week might have seemed like information overload okay if it was, that's one of the reasons for the Connect page with the sermon notes. You go there and you can go back to previous weeks and you can look at that stuff all over again. And today I've got a lot of scripture, some of it we won't have time to read, but it's right there. You can click on the link and you can read all these things, okay? So what's the next thing we need to do? The next thing is following Jesus. I mean, if you, you find him again, you'd rediscover, you rediscover know, your place in him and what he wants to do in your life. The next thing to do is to follow him. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, if you, were to ask, if you were to ask enough people, you would, you would eventually run into someone and give you a weird answer, right? If you were to ask enough people, are you following Jesus? Just get out on the street and say, are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Eventually, you know, somebody's going to say, I didn't even know he had a Facebook page, right? Because that's what we think of today as in following, right? But, but what, is it, what is following someone on Facebook? What does that really entail? All it does is it just keeps me in contact with all the changes of your life, you know, whatever you whatever's going on in your life You know the pictures the, the what you had for lunch today, you know all that craziness, you know that people are posting That's all that following someone on Facebook is but when Jesus Called out to the disciples when he called out to Simon Peter and said come follow me when he called out to Matthew who was sitting at the tax collector's table And he says, follow me. When he he called the disciples and said, come follow me, he wasn't saying, hey, stay posted with what's going on in my life. Make sure you stay up to date. That's not what he meant. What he meant was actually, come, listen to what I'm I'm teaching, and follow after my teachings. That's what following means. You know, and and most of us, I, I think, most of us, we follow God in the big stuff. We follow him in the big stuff. I mean even people who aren't Christians today Follow God in the real big stuff, you know, but it's not the big stuff a lot of times That is the problem now. I actually titled a sermon this one time Of, uh, you know uh, Let me let me set it up this way just you know if, if you go to McDonald's You know and you go into the drive-thru and say I want a hamburger, you know And uh, just just a hamburger and, and and something to drink and then the question is do you want <laughs> right. Do you want fries with that? Right? I mean there's always don't you want something else? Can I not ask you that question today? I mean salvation is free He's already done it He took care of all of it. It's so it, salvation is easy I mean you don't have to do a thing You just got to let that faith in you just kind of blossom and explode inside of you and Just believing that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. That's all it takes salvation is free but do you want some blessings with that? I mean, don't you want more than just the free stuff? You know, just what's free? I mean, yeah, I've got eternal life waiting on me. I am right with God. I can talk to him and he can talk to me and all that. We're in good relationship. All of those things, but don't you want a little bit more? I mean, see, like I was saying, we we probably follow God pretty good in the big stuff. Anyone commit murder this week? No, no, so none of us are really in jeopardy of being executed really soon, right? (laughs) Because we're not murderers. We're following God in the big stuff, right? That's why I said even non-Christians follow God in the real big stuff. We follow Jesus in the big stuff, and we're not in danger of being executed this week because we're not murderers. We don't murder people yet. Do we sometimes assassinate people's character? Behind their back You know, it's like, oh, but they didn't hear me and that won't matter. Well, they, they might not have heard you, but what you're doing Is when you talk about someone behind your back behind their back Whether it's because they did you wrong and maybe they were totally in the wrong or Maybe you just don't like them <laughs> Or maybe they cheated you or something when you talk about someone behind their back or, or when you talk wrongly to your waitress on Sunday afternoon right after you get out of church you know, and she just blows everything. I mean, she doesn't get the order right, spills something and everything. And you just, you just lash out at her and you talk to her that way. Please, if you're doing that, don't wear that T-shirt, 29-11, that, uh, that Kristen was talking about a few minutes ago, right? Uh, you know, I've got one on right under here, but, you know, please don't. You know, button, button your shirt back up cover it up, okay, if you're going to do that. Now, if you're doing that, it's not just about that one really. You say, we don't get this. It's not just about that one relationship that that waitress, I mean, be really bad if then she showed up at 29-11 next Sunday and sat down right beside you. Okay, but it's not just about that one thing. When we act in that way, when we assassinate other people, we're not murderers, but we assassinate other people's character or we talk to them that way. We are sowing seed into all of our relationships. You see, that's the way this whole thing is set up, sowing and reaping. And and when we're doing right things right things happen love the introduction to the book that we're studying this this uh, semester in small groups Love that introduction, you know And how it how it talked about making those right decisions, right? You know, I'm not a murderer Yeah, okay great. So you're not going to get executed But if you're assassinating somebody else's character if you're talking about people like that you are sowing such bad seed in all of your other Friendships, let me give you another example We're not committing adultery you know, I hope no one in this room is committing adultery presently right now. And because of that, we're not in danger of going to divorce court, right? Now, of course, there are other reasons people get divorced these days. But, but for, by and large, for the most part, the number one reason is adultery. You know, And we're not doing that, so we're not in danger of adultery. But, like Romans chapter 1 points out to us, we sometimes celebrate those that do. We encourage them, that's what Romans chapter 1 calls it, encourage or celebrating the, those that do. That every time we watch a show that highlights or promotes or encourages a behavior that is, non, we're encouraging that behavior because that's one more point on the Nielsen. That's, that's one more rental of that video. That's one more ticket that was bought of that movie. And every time, Romans 1 is talking about that. You know, you you don't just have to do it. Okay, here's the thing. You say, "Well, nobody's watching. I'm not hurting anybody. You're hurting yourself, because what you're doing is you are sowing that into all of your relationships, especially that most important human relationship you have with your spouse or your spouse to be. You're sowing that kind of thing. So, no, we're following Jesus in the big stuff, but it's not the big stuff that's destroying our lives every day, is it? None of you are about to be executed. I I, I pray none of you are about to be divorced, but it's not that big stuff. That's destroying us It's the little stuff. Why because we need to be following Jesus in the little stuff, too It's not enough to just follow him in the big things. We have to follow him in the little things. Wait a minute I thought salvation is free. It is I've already covered that but it is yes salvation is free, but don't you want the blessings with that? I mean, don't you want, I mean, you know, if you want your marriage to be awesome, if you want to raise, you don't want your kids to just grow up, but you want them to grow up blessed, or you want your finances to be blessed, or, or, or you've got a business and you want your business to be blessed, whatever it is in life, if you want that, then you've got to be sowing and reaping in a way that is following after Jesus in everything. Okay, so last week was just a whole bunch of stuff. Today I'm going to talk to you about two things in following Jesus. Just two things. And I I think they're because it's 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 two of the most basic Elementary things it's two of the things that Jesus started It's two things and one of me didn't respond. I'll explain that in just a moment, but he started these things for us Okay, he didn't start him say hey. I think I'm just gonna give you guys something to do here Here's one here's two and here's three here. Here's some things to do. No. He started these things for us okay, and the the first one is is something that he started at the very beginning of his ministry. Now, now he didn't start his ministry until he was about in his late twenties, maybe thirty years old. And uh, and we know that back when he was twelve years old, mentioned this in a, in a recent sermon uh, last week, uh, talked about how that you know he w- he would be sometimes questioning and talking with uh, other other people about theology. So even when he was a kid, so growing up, but when he, when he was about to start his ministry, you know the first thing he did, he went and found John the Baptist. Here's the next thing. Go to the next slide, please. Baptism. He went and found John the Baptist and said, I need to be baptized. I want you to baptize me, John the Baptist. And we talked about it last week. You know, John the Baptist said, why did did you come to me to be baptized? Well, I need to be baptized with you, but you're asking me to be baptized. And so Jesus came to him. Jesus started this. Now, 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 listen, baptism was already happening. A lot of other people were being baptized as a sign of repentance. But Jesus took this and said, this is something we're going to do together. Okay, so... Let me let me let me let me give you the top three reasons that all Christians must be baptized. I started to say should be. I started to say you know things like it'd be a good idea, but but you know just from what I see, it's a must be. I mean, if you're a Christian, it's a must be. I want to tell you. Here's the top three reasons Christians must be baptized. Number one, Jesus said to. Okay, there's scripture you can look at it later. Number one, Jesus said to. Can we stop there? Do we need anything else? Well, let me give you number two. It's really close. It's very similar to number one, Jesus said to. Okay, y'all think I'm doing the whole, the whole real estate thing, right? The top three, right? Location, location, location. Uh, Jesus said to. Can anybody guess what number three is? There you go. Y'all got it, right? So really, think about it. Do we need a number four, five, or six? If Jesus said to, if Jesus said all of my followers should be baptized, you don't need another reason I don't need another reason if he said anyone who follows me should be baptized then I don't need another reason so there you go there are the reasons so just close the service not go any further well I got one more to tell, but no I'll go ahead and give you some more alright I'll give you some more reasons but under here, here's here's the problem with giving you more reasons is because then we start discussing those reasons and we forget this reason and Let's not start discussing those reasons and talk ourselves out of it because of this reason right here. These other reasons I'm giving you are the explanations of why Jesus wants to do this, okay? It's why he set it up this way. But this is enough reason for anyone who has received free salvation in Jesus Christ to say, I wanna be obedient, I wanna do this thing. It's because he said to. Okay, so here's the reason. Here, here are some other reasons. Here's some background of it. I, I say it even in that way, that these aren't the reasons to be baptized, Because this is the reason to be baptized. But here are the reasons why Jesus said you need to be baptized. Well, first of all, is because it's a first step. The first thing you need to do when you repent, when you become a Christian, is you need to be baptized. And you know what? You can't take a second step until you take the first step. You know, you can't do that. You know, there's step one and there's step two. I can't take step two. No, you can skip step one? Not really. You can't really, because then step two actually became your first step. But you skipped step one that he said to start. You have to take step one before you can take step two. If you don't take, if you don't take step one, it is impossible to take step two. And we're talking about obedience here. So if, if, if Jesus says do this to be obedient, I can't skip over here and do this and say I'm obedient. See, we're talking about obedience here. We can't do that. you got to take the first step before you take the second step. All right, here's another thing is baptism is both a foreshadow and a symbol. Uh, Let me explain what I mean. For Jesus, it was a foreshadow. When Jesus went to be baptized by John the Baptist, and John the Baptist took him and put him down to the water, it was a foreshadow of what was going to happen in the future in Jesus' life in about three years. He was going to die and be buried in the earth, only to be raised again to life three days later, on the third day, right? And so it was a foreshadow of what was about to happen for you and me, it is a symbol of what has happened if you're a child of God if you're a Christian if you have accepted Christ you've accepted this free salvation now baptism is a symbol of what happened because you died to your sin that old person that you were and now you've been raised to life in Jesus Christ okay so it's the same it's the same thing but for Jesus he didn't need it for salvation because he was our salvation But you and I, we need it for ourselves. So for Jesus, it was a foreshadow of something about to happen. For us, it was a symbol of something that had happened. And so what's the whole purpose of it? Is Jesus chose to be baptized to identify with us. He did it, to identify with us. So shouldn't we do it to identify with him? That's the whole purpose, is is the identification that happens. That's why it was chosen this way. When people were baptized, people knew, oh, you've repented of your sins? Yeah, you know, and then it became a thing. Oh, you're a Christian. And so it is it is a thing we do and, and you know Here's the crazy thing is people get all bothered about it. and Think it's just a really tough thing No, it's the easiest thing you'll do as a Christian. I mean Jesus hadn't asked you to It's not anything about changing your lifestyle You don't have to quit any bad habits to be baptized. You know You don't have to change any of the you don't have to change the way you dress the way you walk talk any of those kinds of things to be baptized it's just saying I've accepted this free gift. All you got to do is show up next week because it's next week. Show up next week with a little duffel bag, change of clothes, and towel, and go get in the water. It's that easy. It's that easy. It's not. It's not a big deal. This is the easiest, the easiest thing you could ever do because you only have to do it one time. You don't have to wake up five o'clock every Sunday and do it. Just have to do it one time. You don't have to wake up five o'clock next week to do it either. I'm saying you don't have to. There's, there's, it's the easiest thing you will ever do. Okay. And and the the last thing here is um, is. Yes, there's no power in the water, but there is power in obedience You're sowing you're sowing and you're going to reap because of sowing obedience You know we're following him in the big stuff. Let's follow him in the little stuff, too Because when we follow him in the little stuff When we're sowing the seeds of obedience, then we're going to reap the rewards of obedience so because of all this follow Jesus and follow him into the water because that's your first steps he walked into the water before he started his ministry we should walk into the water and be baptized at the beginning of our walk with him follow him let, 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 let me let me tell you a story a couple of weeks ago i had the great honor and privilege Of speaking at the memorial service of one of our members that most of you probably don't even know, because she was only she only attended here about three years. Uh, Her name was Dolores Manning, and a lot of you don't even know because I I know when I would tell some of you, you'd say I'm not sure who that. Because she was kind of quiet, and uh, I mean, just just a few of you really probably pushed and got close enough to actually have conversations with her and everything. She was a little quiet now. She wasn't really quiet to people she knew. But she was kind of quiet, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, in meeting new people and those kinds of things. She kind of kept to herself. Just before Dolores started attending here, just some, not, not too long before she started attending here, she lost her son, who had a, a battle with cancer, and he was a Christian and had told her about, you know where he was going, when he died, and all that kind of stuff. And um, after he died, it rocked her world. Anybody who's a parent would understand, right? Now, he was not a really, really young man, but no mom should ever have to bury their child. And some of you know that pain. Some of you understand that. It, it tore her world up to the point where she was, she was really struggling. She didn't have a peace because now she's, I mean, she's having, I mean, you know, death is a bad thing, but it, it becomes a, a lot worse thing when it happens in your family, right? You know what I'm talking about, and it really stole her peace. And she began talking to her daughter-in-law, Lindsay. Bart and Lindsay attend here with their with their two kids, and uh, she began talking to Lindsay about this over and over. And Lindsay said, well, "Hey, we're we're about to start try try a new church out, Church 2911. Why don't you go with us?" And she'd never really been in church her whole life, 85 years old, and so she came and she fell in love with it. And I thought she actually lived with them because every time they were here, she was here. Unless she was sick, she was here. If they were out of town, she was still here. She would, she would come to the early service they, if, if, if they weren't with her because uh, they liked the la- later service. She'd come to the early service if they weren't with her because she loved being here. And you know what Lindsay told me? Lindsay said, when she came to 2911 and she started following Jesus, she said, the peace Came back. She had a stroke about two weeks ago. She didn't feel good on the last Sunday that she was here. The next day she had a stroke. Four days later she passed away. In that time, in that time span, she knew she was dying and she lay there in that bed for much, most of that time unable to communicate other than just squeezing of the hand or something like that. And Lindsay said, but you know what? She said, the peace of God that had eluded her for 85 years, she said he was there all that week long. And she had a peace even though she knew she was going to die. But you know what she did about two years ago? She signed up for baptism, she showed up with her change of clothes, she showed up with her towel, and on a cold day, if y'all remember when I broke a bone in my foot and had to have surgery and Brent had to do a lot of my baptizing that day, You know, she showed up, and it was kind of cold that day. And at 86 years of age, she walked those steps and went down in that water, and she was baptized. Amen. And if an 86-year-old woman can do it, then you can do it. If an 86-year-old woman who didn't even know who Jesus was a year earlier, if she can do it, then you can do it. So let me talk about the second one. Okay, you need to follow, G- uh, no, we got a phone number, there it is, yeah, 476-2911. If you got questions, text us your questions. You wanna be baptized, are you thinking about it? Text us that, we'll send you all the information you need to know about next week. You don't have to text anything to show up and be baptized, but if you've got questions, you just wanna know all the ins and outs of what we're gonna do, just send, okay? And it'll be outside, weather permitting, okay? So what's the second thing? Okay, the first thing was something Jesus did at the very beginning of his ministry walk. This thing is something he was kind of doing the whole time, but he really did it at the end of his ministry. At the very end, I mean, as he was leaving this earth, he, he established one more thing that you and I need. He started one more thing that you and I need. Now, it wasn't, let me give them something else to do. While I'm gone, I'm going to have to keep them busy. Let me give them something to do. Y'all ever feel like your parents used to do you that way when you were a kid? You know, just, They going to get in trouble if I don't give them a list of things to do. That's not what Jesus was doing. He was giving you something that you need. You know what it was? It was the church. The church. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're part of the church. Now, you shouldn't be a part of the church from a distance. You shouldn't be a part of the church that's disconnected. Being part of the church means you are connected. It's about commitment. It's about selling. It's about saying, "Here I am." This, is, you know, and, and I say it. Listen, and I don't mean this. I don't mean this to. to to, to uh, you know, in any kind of way to 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 run someone off. I just want you. If if this is not the church that just cranks your tractor, you know, on Sunday morning, I, man, I gotta get there. That kind of a thing. Then you need to go find it. I mean, you need to you need to live in the church that God has called you to be a part of, and embrace it. You know, and, and man, if you're having a hard time with that, maybe, you know, it would hurt me to to hear you say I've got to go find, but. You need to do that if that's what you've got to do, because you've got to fulfill this thing, okay? So let me give you some history about this, this thing, got and, and just the history of, of Jesus' life here on earth. Go ahead, and bring me that next slide. It's got, got some scripture on it. And, and here's what, Mark chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, is where Jesus appointed 12. He had a lot of followers. He appoints 12. At the beginning of verse 15, it says, they were to accompany him. Okay, so uh, he didn't just get 12 disciples that he said, man, these are going to be the guys. Y'all going to look up to them. Y'all going to think about them all the time. No, he had 12 men to be with him. He called 12 men to follow him in order to be together, learn together, and grow together. That's why they were together. They were with him in doing ministry. They were together. They were learning together. He was going to hand this thing off to them one day. And so they had to be with him. They had to learn from him. They had to grow together with him. So they spent a lot of time doing ministry together. They did not do their own thing. And there's a lot, there's a lot of people out there that say, well, you don't have to have the church. You don't have to be a part of that. They didn't do their own thing. They were doing Jesus' thing. Okay, so this is, where, this is the roots of it right here. It's where he called them together. And, and two more scriptures. The next slide over. Two more scriptures in Mark chapter six. When Jesus sent the disciples out one time to do ministry, and uh, and it says if you see there at the bottom of the, at the beginning of the bottom of that, uh, that uh, third line, uh, then he, he sent them out two by two. He didn't send them out by themselves. And, and, then, and then Luke chapter 10, he cho- chooses 72 others to, to send out. He sent these 12 out, and then a little bit later, he sent, it said right after that, he sent out these 72 of his followers. And how did he send them out? Again, at the bottom there, in the, f- the first line, ahead he sent them ahead in pairs. So they did ministry together. It was it was together always together. I meant th- this was not about a, wo- a lone wolf You know you're calling you go do your thing, and I'll do my thing No, they were doing ministry together and everybody had their different callings You have something awesome to do for Jesus, but Your your, your place to do it is within Within the body that, and that doesn't mean that just that hour on Sunday morning It means connected with this body what of what God is doing so so this is where it all begins but that's not where it ended. When Jesus was leaving this earth after he died, he rose again, and when he was leaving the earth, at his direction, he told the disciples, go wait in Jerusalem until they get power from, from heaven. And uh, so at his direction, they go, they go to, and they wait in Jerusalem for about 10 days, week and a half, and they wait together at his direction. Remember, he's the one that sent them there. And after 10 days, something crazy happened. Now I should say some crazy things happened, not just something, but some things crazy happened. There was a visual manifestation of God I mean, there said they began to see these, these uh, like tongues of fire, little flames of fire coming down. And then there was an audible manifestation that the people in that room, 120 of them, they started speaking in languages they had never heard or never learned before. and then it spilled out on the street. And more of that audible uh, manifestation was taking place on the street. And then Simon Peter, he stood up and and he calmed everybody down. And the whole crowd, I mean, there were thousands of people that actually stopped to listen to him preach the very first church sermon. Because this was the day the church was being born. And 3,000 souls came to know Jesus Christ that day. Now, did the disciples do that? No, they didn't do that. Jesus did that. He said, go wait in Jerusalem, and he sent them there to wait, knowing that this was gonna happen. The only way that happened was because they followed Jesus. The only way the church was birthed is because they followed Jesus. Not on Facebook, they followed him. He said, do this, they did it. He said, stay here, they stayed. He said, Wait, they wait. Then he told them what to do after that, even then. He said, Because when you get this power, then you're going to be witnesses to me, unto uh, me, to, to the whole world. You're going to reach out the whole world, but what you got to do is you got to do it this way. So the first step is to wait, and then the second step was to go. And you can't take the second step till you take the first step, right? Back to baptism, right? You got to take those first steps. You got to do the little stuff too, not just the big stuff. We all want to reach the world. But he also told them to wait. And he told them to wait together. He created the church. It was by his direction, it was by his design. You are not gathered here today because we decided about 10 years ago to plant a church. You're here today because Jesus said 2,000 years ago, go and wait because I'm gonna do something special right here. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, uh, if I'm going to talk about this, if I'm going to talk about the church, i got, I, got, I got to throw this scripture in right here. Let us not neglect meeting together. Let us not neglect meeting together. You can read the rest of it. I know you already are because your, your eyes are still up there instead of here. But, I mean, what else do I need? Let us not neglect meeting together. Oh, we want to stop here and talk a little bit about once a month. CE Christians. Y'all know what CE Christians are, don't you? They come on Christmas and Easter. You know, we want to stop here and talk. Don't neglect meeting together because when you're part of the church, it's about commitment. It's about being part of the church. It's about being part of the body, and the body doesn't decide. Well, you know, I'm gonna no. We got to choose to follow Him in all things. And if Jesus set this up, and He set this up for me and you, it's good for us, but it's also His thing, and we have got to follow Him in it. So. I don't really need any more reasons, right? Well, let me give you some anyway, okay? Again, like with baptism, let me give you some anyway. You know why we need to join together like this? Every time we possibly get the chance, but I mean, that's the way it used to be and we, we still need it today. Even though we're busy, we need, you need to be gathered together on a Sunday morning or in a small group every single opportunity you can get it. You know why? Because you need us. You need uh, I, I started I started to put up there. You need the church But sometimes we forget what no no you need us You need me. Okay. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you You need me Look to the, look to the left look to the right look in front of you look behind you. You need the people sitting around you right now You need you need the encouragement you need you need to hear them sing off-key and still worship God anyway You know, you need to see them clap and not be anywhere near the tempo. But still, worshiping God, you need this. You you need to be in a small group. And it's not too late. And we got a free book for you back there if you want to join a small group. Still today. Uh, You need us. But you know what also? I need you. I need you. Look around you. Those same people that you need, they need you. So like next week when we have baptism, you might have already been baptized. You don't need to be here for baptism. You say, oh, well, I can take off because I don't need to be baptized. No, you need to be here because they need you to witness them being baptized. You know, you need to, because we're going to celebrate. That's what we do at 2911. They come up out of the water, man. We cheer, we yell, whatever, you know, and snap pictures and all those kinds of things. They need, to be, need you to be here to celebrate. They need you. They need you. And here, here's the here's last thing, closing right now. This is it. It's because we do More ministry together than we can do alone. Even if you're you're a a missionary who is about to go all by yourself to some foreign country, you got a church that's going to support you. You got a church that's going to send you some money. You got a church that's going to be praying for you. You got a church that you can reach out to when you got trouble. I think a lot of times what people do is they look at somebody like the Apostle Paul and say, he didn't have to have anybody else. Go read Acts again. He had Silas, he had Barnabas, he had Luke, he had John Mark, he had Timothy, and there are seven other names that I won't even try to pronounce that we know that he had in his life. We know 12 men that he had, and we think he's a lone ranger out there doing his own thing. No, he's not. The Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament, needed the church. And if he needed the church, I'm pretty sure you do too. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.